Hello and welcome to The Graveyard Shift, the weekly horror podcast where we take listener and or guest suggested movies and break them down into the good, the bad, and anything else we find fun and or relevant. My name is Mike and I never work The Graveyard Shift alone. Fittingly making me codependent for this movie, I suppose. Joining me is the guy who is my eternal sidekick, although I think I value him a little bit more than Dracula did, John. (laughs) <laughs> hello hello yes uh, i don't think you're quite in the narcissist category but you're getting there mike <laughs> <God>. <laughs> if you want to push me over the edge into just pure on narcissistic personality disorder get some dollars at patreon.com slash graveyard the second i start earning money at this boy you'll just see how swelled my head can get <laughs> it, it's like basically your money is like the water in the gun at the uh carnival so if you just fire that shit into my mouth, you'll just watch me grow. <laughs> and, um, and and what I and the product I deliver will be the the stuffed doll you get at the end. <laughs> Your little souvenir. <laughs> and joining us is his brother who probably doesn't eat bugs, but so what if he did? Phil. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks for having me. Uh, we've had like a good preamble before this whole episode, so we've developed quite a bit of a repertoire, so I I think we're all in for a good time. Oh yeah, I'm excited. Oh yeah. And fittingly enough, today's episode is a bloody good time, because we watch Renfield. Oh yes. Oh yes. I have a lot to say about this movie. Oh yeah, you could say it's an (laughs) arm-ripping good time, I think. (laughs) (laughs) A nunchucking, arm-ripping good time. Right. (laughs) directed by chris mckay based on a screenplay by ryan ridley on a story by robert kirkman yes that fucking robert kirkman the walking dead man uh based on dracula by bram stoker produced by chris mckay samantha nizenboim brian first sean first robert kirkman and david alpert with cinematography by mitchell amundsen edited by zine baker Ryan Falsey and Giancarlo Gianziano. With music by Marco Beltrami. Produced by Skybound and Giant Wildcat. This was released April 14th with a runtime of 93 minutes. This had a budget of $65 million and a box office return of $26.7 million. Sadly, it, uh, it, it, went up, it, it debuted at $8.1 million. Uh, finishing fourth behind the Mario Brothers movie, The Pope's Exorcist, and John Wick Four. So, uh, yeah, there's some pretty, some pretty stark competition. Yeah, I may have not even set it first on my priorities either. Out of yeah. all those, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons was also out at that time. I think. I believe it was. Oh, really? Huh? Mm-hmm. So this stars Nicholas Holt as Renfield, the long-suffering servant of Dracula. Nicolas Cage as Dracula, a legendary Transylvanian vampire and Renfield's ill-tempered narcissistic boss. Aquafina as Rebecca, an aggressive traffic cop working for the NOPD. Ben Schwartz as Tedward Lobo, a mob enforcer and Bella Francesca's son. Shore Agdashlu as Bella Francesca Lobo, a matriarch mob boss and Tedward's mother. Brandon Scott as Mark, a support group leader. And he's also in... Uh, uh, the the show Ghosts. Yes. If you've seen it, he plays Isaac Higgintoot, a uh, uh, an American revolutionary who is uh, really fucking funny. He's really oh, good in that show. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't seen Ghosts, yeah, it's really good. It's really. Funny. It's an excellent show. 
yeah, it's it's funny. Also starring Adrian Martinez as Chris, a traffic cop, and Rebecca's co-worker. Uh, Camille Chen as Kate, FBI agent, and Rebecca's sister. Bess Rouse as Caitlin, a support group member. Jenna Cannell as Carol, a support group member. And she was also Tara from Terrifier. Oh, no shit, huh? Just yep, James Moses. Interesting. Very, very interesting. James hmm. Moses Black as Captain Browning. Caroline Williams as Vanessa. William Ragsdale as the older priest. Brewster from fucking Fright Night. I, yeah, I didn't know that till I saw that. I was like, oh my god, wow, from Fright Night. Yep. That's oh, a nice shit. Easter egg. It was not on his Wikipedia, and I fixed it. That's right, today <laughs> I made a Wikipedia correction for the first time. Pop, pop awesome. that wiki cherry. <laughs> <laughs> And Miles Doliak as Vampire Hunter. And uh, additionally, uh, Helen Chandler and Edward Van Sloan appearing as Mina Seward and Van Helsing through archival footage from Dracula. This has an RT score of 58%. Ah, why why is this movie done so dirty? I, this is, this movie significantly better than that. Yes, I agree. So, in July uh, 2014, Universal Pictures announced classic horror film properties, including the character of Count Dracula, because uh, they wanted to have a unified, shared universe. And uh, they attached uh, Alex Kurtman and Chris Morgan to see its development. After the negative reception of Dracula Untold, its connections to a unified series was downplayed, and The Mummy was repositioned as the first in the film. Which, uh, we all know how that went. So, they decided to... Uh, Fuck away from individual storytelling because they realized, yeah, we can't. We, we somehow managed to do a shared universe even worse than DC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like one that. Uh, I mean, it was probably one of the worst attempts at doing a expanded universe yeah. out of all the attempts. Yeah, that one definitely fell pretty hard. Yeah, so yeah, that Ren was a pretty bad movie. Renfield is based on an original pitch by Robert Kirkman using a screenplay by Ryan Ridley. Uh, Dexter Fletcher was hired to direct a film for Universal and Skybound. The film was described as a comedic approach to the story of Dracula in the vein of Taiko Atidi's vampire mockumentary, What We Do in the Shadows. That would focus on the Renfield. In 2020, Leigh Wan-El's The Invisible Man became a commercial and critical success for Universal and served as a relaunch to its monster universe. Fuck, they thought, like, oh, we've made, we made one good movie, now we can tie them all together with shit. Like, no... You just made one good movie. Try making two good movies and then we'll talk. It's like, check it out. Expanded universe. <laughs> so, and, like Marvel does it. <laughs> yeah, except Marvel <laughs> made great movies to tie together. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> they, 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 never, they never work. They never figured out that part. It's so like, in yeah, April of 2021, Chris McKay entered negotiations to, de to direct after Fletcher left to work on a reboot of The Saint. McKay was hired because he reportedly gave a successful pitch combining the story's mix of humor and action, something the studio was looking to have more of. In 2023, McKay described the film as a quasi-sequel to Universal's 1931 English-language film Dracula, depicting the same characters of Dracula and Renfield 90 years later. Uh, filming began in uh, 2022 in February in Orleans, with Mitchell Amundsen serving as the cinematographer. And funny enough, on February 8th, just five days into filming, 20 vehicles belonging to the production crew were burglarized. <laughs> no shit. One, one, secu Dang, one security guard was present at the time of the incident, which occurred late at night in a secured parking lot. <laughs> the crew member, Elmo Peoples, said the vandals had stolen his insurance papers, two bank cards, and a laptop. 
He added, I'm supposed to be here all week and I don't even want to come back because I feel they don't care about us as much as the main characters or actors. Mm. And Lovebug Films uh, reassured the production crew they would hire additional security. What I would have loved to see in that uh, Wikipedia entry, and I'm not saying it didn't happen, I'm just saying it didn't show up in the Wikipedia entry, which might suggest it didn't happen in real life, uh, replace all the shit that was stolen. How about that? If someone lost a laptop, how about you pay for the cost of a fucking new laptop? Yeah. <laughs> not like they're hurting for money. <laughs> no. So, despite a, uh, a history of turning down non-leading roles in studio films, Nick Cage signed on to play Dracula because it was his lifelong dream to portray the legendary figure. And, uh, fuck, funny enough, when I say lifelong dream, I mean he's been chomping at this bit for a while. Because when Francis Ford Coppola directed Dracula in 1992, the studio actually wanted Cage instead of Reeves mm. to play Jonathan Harker. No but shit. Cop but Coppola did not want to work with him after their bad experience on Peggy Sue got married. How yeah, badly do you got to fuck up when your uncle doesn't want anything to do with you? Seriously. <laughs> he must have done something bad to not be, be blacklisted by his own uncle. I mean, right. you've, got, you've got literal fucking nepotism working in your favor. And you somehow <laughs> burn that bridge. Yeah, like... <laughs> Uh, yeah, there, there's definitely some fundamental fuck-up somewhere. <laughs> there's a story that we're missing that would fit so well in this trivia section. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Like, I almost like, want to know what this story was, or is, I should say. I mean, like, what what if he was the guy that got Robert Downey Jr. on the drugs? Oh, shit. Ro Robert oh, Downey Yeah, Downey Jr. is just like, listen, I made, I made this fucking great movie with Rodney Dangerfield. He gave me a joint. I think I'm. I think I'm ready for hard drugs, and Nick Cage could have been like, "No, nope, stick with the weed," See. and but no, nope, he had to be like, "Fucking weed! What are you a? What are you?" A? <laughs> he probably used like an '80s term that he I won't say went, anymore. Yeah, <laughs> starts he probably with an F. The, he probably put on his like vampire's kiss face and was like, you know, like <laughs> come up with, he does that with a bag <laughs> of cocaine and just dangles <laughs> it in front of his face, or you know, even in an alternate timeline, it could have been that. His performance in Vampire's Kiss, he was maybe trying to, like, channel Robert Downey Jr. in that, around that time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so, uh, Rebecca's father's full name is revealed to be Morris Quincy when we see his portrait on the wall of the precinct. This is, of course, a reference to the character of Quincy Morris from the original, from the original novel, an American who joins the rest of the characters in defeating Dracula after Dracula kills his friend Lucy Westenraugh. In the original Bram Stoker novel, Renfield is described as being at least the age of 59. Many adaptations, however, depict him as a younger man and also adding a, a prior connection to Dracula before ending up in the insane asylum, overlooked by Dr. Stewart. An enormous fan of Dracula and the source material, Nicolas Cage prepared for his role by observing the distinctive ways Dracula was portrayed on screen by Bela Lugosi, Frank Langella, and Gary Oldman. What can I bring that will be different, he says. I want to. I want it to pop in a unique way. We've seen it played well, not so well, so what can we do? I really want to focus on the movement of the character and that perfect tone of comedy and horror. It turns out he actually got his teeth filed down to better fit the prosthetics. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Crazy. That's commitment right there. Jesus. That big ups to that Ooh. motherfucker. Yeah. God, that makes me cringe up even just like thinking about Oof. that like just you know i feel like like my teeth are like hurting whenever i think about that just, yeah <laughs> i will never permit anyone to say he's a bad actor that man fucking commits god damn he right does. 
Yeah. I, I mean, that guy brings it. You can't ask for anything more. Like, I will literally have my teeth reduced to be in this role. <laughs> he wants to be Dracula that bad that he's willing to do that, to go to those links. Rage <laughs> in the cage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're definitely giving this guy his own months someday soon because this 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 guy fucking brings it. Yeah, right. Yeah, because he definitely even he, in a bad movie he gives you a hundred and ten percent. Oh, like we we covered Mandy, and that movie was fucking. It's, it's, that movie was an experience. Oh yeah, it's bonkers, but like in an awesome way. <laughs> it's like it's like for the first time someone told Nick Cage, "Can you be a little unbalanced?" Right. Well, I think it was like it, it was honestly a role and everything just written perfectly for him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think even like yeah, like his work that eventually we'll get to with like Color Out of Space kind of feels like oh, you know what? For what this role required, yeah, Nick Cage was just the guy to do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and when I say this guy's like loved Dracula for a long time, you don't under fucking you don't fucking understand how long he's loved Dracula, because director. McCook- Chris McKay said Nicolas Cage was the perfect pick for the character because Cage's father played the movie Nosferatu for him when he was just five years old. <laughs> so vampires and gothic films just indelibly imprinted on him when he was really young. <laughs> he wanted to be. He wanted to be Peter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Peter. So Dracula introduces himself as the Prince of Wallachia. And of course, the historical Vlad Dracul or Vlad the Impaler, was indeed the voivod, or ruler, of that region, and had a reputation for cruelty. And the nickname given to him uh, translates as Little Dragon. Yep. And Chris McKay convinced the studio for casting Nick Cage by showing the executives Kiss of Death, a movie where Nick Cage was both menacing and funny at the same time. Uh. I haven't seen that movie, but now I want to. Hmm. I think I've seen it like once or Maybe once, and I don't remember the movie. It's been a long time. Yeah, I've never seen it. And uh, the circumstances of Renfield meeting Dracula and following falling under his control are presented as an extended reference to how Dracula depicted these same events. Uh, several shots from the 31 film are recreated with Holt and Cage in place of Dwight Fry and Bela Lugosi. They even mm-hmm. play music from Swan Lake as a reference to the fact that that was used in the opening credits in the 31 movie. And the featured castle in the beginning of the movie is the new Schwanstein castle. And, uh, that's located in Honshwagu, Bavaria. And it was also featured in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And it's open to the public. It's not as old as it looks. And it was completed construction around 1886. And, uh, if you've seen this castle, you'd fucking recognize it immediately because it is the castle that Disney based its castle from sleeping beauty from. Oh, okay. Well, so whenever you like see the Disneyland I, castle with, the, yeah. with those coney parapets and all that shit, yeah, the castle, the I castle exactly. that doesn't look like any actual castle. Yes, yes. That that's the new Schwanstein Castle. Yep. Huh. Yeah, exactly. They based off of. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was originally created by a guy who wanted to make a fairy tale castle. Because again, no castle ever looked like that. So oh, it yeah. was a, it was made to be to sell a, a romanticized idea of. Of uh, aristocracy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Would have a good old uh, Wagner would have jerked off over that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. From what I understood with the actual real castle Dracula, it's called Castle Braun in Transylvania. And it's a very 
like from people I've talked to that went to this castle, they um they said it's very like, he was a very tiny man. Like you had to go up these corridors and if you were tall you had to like lean over. Um <laughs> and then the actual town, like they actually have, you know, vampire stuff. They sell all that kind of stuff and, and it's all the way in the Carpathian Mountains. So you have to climb up a mountain to get to this castle where he stayed and all that. And so I had a friend of mine that actually went and he showed me pictures and he said, yeah, they had like uh, checkpoints where they give out uh, apple cider <laughs> to people to keep them nice and warm because he went when it, during the winter. Yeah. Ooh, Fuck. Okay. If, if, if you want us to do a a, tr- a road trip to horror sites, patreon.com slash graveyard and really fucking hit that, 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 that donation button because <laughs> that would be we, fucking awesome. We'll make, some fuck, we'll make tons of videos and shit for you because this, this sounds like a yeah. fucking dream. Right. Yeah. One of my dreams, of course, is to go to Pasadena, California, where they filmed Halloween. Huh. No. So, so looks like it'd be a beautiful town. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this film's introduction to Dracula shows him with uh, sores and deformities uh, on set that was referred to as Picasso. Uh, referencing early Renaissance wax sculptures, the makeup artist Christian Tinsley said artists would come in and sculpt the anatomy of corpses and people with diseases into wax. And that's how we came up with this odd, weird, bizarre first stage of him. The first process took up to three and a half hours to apply. It was a full head of prosthetics, dentures, full body, torso, arms, hands, and nails. And those take time. As Dracula starts to heal, there's progression, but still some open sores. The next stage took around two and a half hours to complete. The more Dracula is fed with human blood, the more he heals. By the end, his normal appearance takes 45 minutes to apply. And there's a blue hue about him. It's very iridescent. If you see it in person, he almost looks like a metallic robot. So I guess they had to to offset that with the filters in the cameras. Mm. And she goes, I added a lot Mm. of teal iridescence to the makeup. In person, he would shimmer and shine. And on camera, it allows for a healthy glow to the skin so he doesn't quite look like a cadaver. (laughs) and dracula's top hat and toothy grin is uh possibly a very good reference to the lon chaney vampire makeup from london after midnight and i sent you those pictures and uh you know that tracks Mm, yeah i mean it definitely had a familiar look and that would make sense now it's like kind of connecting the memory to it and that movie would be great to watch on the show except it is absolutely lost there is just a few stills of it that exist sadly and uh that's that's a real tragedy of of lost films uh, you know they're mm-hmm. probably garbage but you just never know and you know, all you see is what might be yeah especially when it's like some of the earliest films i mean you still have a curiosity in what those were and you know a, definitely an interest in preserving those for film history you know god it's mm-hmm. it's we, it was fortunate that we were able to even able to watch like cabinet of Dr. Caligari, you know, or Nosferatu, given the fact that it was yeah. legally demanded to be destroyed. Yeah. Oh God. No shit. Huh? I mean, so that I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like court order, like uh, Nosferatu was filmed uh, by uh, FW, FW Murno for mm. Prana films. And Prana was supposed to be uh, the, the, the branch of his studios that would be making horror films. But it was sued into the fucking ground and had to declare bankruptcy after the Nosferatu film release because of the lawsuit by the Stoker estate. Hmm. And all the negatives were ordered destroyed 
So basically what you're watching, what anyone, if anyone has seen Dracula, you have seen possibly the earliest bootleg film because this was absolutely not supposed to be seen ever by the public. Oh, wow. Oh, yep. shit. And, it's uh, a happy accident. Oh, yeah. Well, it was, it was intentional crime. Like, some people are just like, oh, you were ordered? Fuck you. I'm not going to do it. And because of those renegades that just gave the finger to the law and said, make me, we have a fucking masterpiece film. And uh, if you haven't seen uh, Dracula, A Symphony of Horror... It's been, uh, it was restored in, uh, 2015, I think, maybe 2005. Uh, it was re, uh, it was re, uh, mastered by, uh, by an institute, hmm. uh, by a hmm. yeah, cinema institute. And what they did was they, uh, they, they colorized it, but not individual colors, but color mm-hmm. shading. Like a scene would be tinged with red, another scene would be yellow, another scene would be blue. And what they did was they also uh, updated the uh, the the intertitles, hmm. so that all the translations and the conversations are you know uh, easier to read. Oh, okay. And cool. and uh, they added like a uh, new music soundtrack to it, but yeah, still very very of the time. It's not like they put like a uh, fucking uh, you know zero negative. In in the soundtrack, yeah, hmm. but they uh, they definitely it's definitely the best version to watch because this took elements from various films that never were put together in one piece. Like uh, there was never a complete version of Nosferatu that survived because like the Japanese version would have scenes and lack other scenes that the European cut or the North American cut didn't have. So mm-hmm. what they did was they took all the scenes that they could. So this is the most complete version of Nosferatu that will ever be possible. Oh, shit. And uh, it's worth looking Interesting about Nosferatu, they're doing a new version of Nosferatu. It's in post-production right now, directed by Robert Eggers. So he's probably famous for, if I'm right, uh, The Northman. But it's a funny fact, he also is going to star Nicholas Holt in this movie. And Bill Skarsgård as Count Orlock. You know what? I'll fucking watch it because Pennywise showed this guy can fucking do creepy, creepy guys with fucked up mouths. And also, speaking of which, uh, Willem Dafoe will be in this movie. And I don't know if you watched Willem Dafoe's movie. What is it? uh, Shadow Shadow of the Vampire. Vampire. We covered that. Yes, he will be in this movie as well. Well, fuck me sideways. That was... This sounds like it's got the. This is this has all the right ingredients. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's got. It sounds. It's promise. I would say it's got, it's a- got promise. Aaron Taylor Johnson and then Lo- Lily Rose Depp, uh, Johnny Depp's daughter. Oh, cool. So. Hmm. Well, we're definitely going to be watching this with, just like the Emperor with Anakin Skywalker. We will watch his career with great interest. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, Kyle, the cop who asks if Renfield is Quincy's boyfriend, wears a vest with the with the tag K. Ramey, obviously an homage to the filmmaking Ramey brothers. Mm-hmm. And the film is set in New Orleans, where Nicolas Cage already has a pyramid-shaped tomb waiting for him in St. Louis Cemetery Number 1. <laughs> so he's already decided he wants to be buried in New Orleans. Bury me in St. Louis, Louis. I want to be buried in New Orleans. <laughs> I wanna, <laughs> I'm Nicholas Cage. Just right. bury me in New Orleans. I want a voodoo woman too. 
do a spell on my grave. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I want I don't want to be very ostentatious, yeah. but I want and, a pyramid and maybe a sphinx <laughs> with my face on it. Yeah. And then also Can we while, make that happen. While also the band Big Bad Voodoo Daddy is performing live at the funeral. <laughs> <laughs> With, and z- everyone is required to wear a zoot suit. <laughs> <laughs> I want at least three ska songs played during at my funeral procession. <laughs> Make it so. Real big yeah. fish, say Ferris. You can pick the other one. <laughs> Maybe a little sublime in there. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. in The Weatherman from 2005, Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt play father and son. Oh, huh. I remember so reading they have about that. Together, huh? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And in a uh, two th- in 2023 interview with Manny the Movie Guy, Chris McKay spoke about working with Nick Cage and Holt, and he says working with these guys, these guys are fearless as far as wanting to try new things. They've got great ideas on the way in, but they're also unafraid to try things to push the envelope and just have fun. I really wanted everyone to almost have like a silent movie acting style to just be unafraid to be that expressive, like you would in a silent movie. And Cage and Holt just totally embraced it. Mm-hmm. And uh, during one of the ending credits, one of the books shown with power in the title seems to be modeled after the cover of I, Strahd. And uh, Strahd is a, a vampire inspired by Dracula in uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. And Strahd shit, was huh? the first campaign I played for Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> no shit, huh? Yep, That's I cool. played the paladin, so I, I just took on the whole Dr. Van Helsing... Uh, 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 approach like I am the knight of the church and I will end this by his reign of terror. <laughs> right. Yeah, Fun time. Be gone. Spawn of Satan. <laughs> Spawn of Satan. <laughs> uh, Fun yeah. times. Yeah. Uh, Captain Browning shares his last name with Todd Browning, the director of Dracula. The first ah. official adaptation of Bram Stoker's novel Dracula that was legal. Oh, and uh, speaking of F.W. Murnau, uh, like this guy. He uh, he died in a car accident, uh, like cracking his skull. And, uh, you know, they, they never were quite able to rule out what the cause of the, the, the accident was. It may have had something to do with his 14-year-old Indonesian driver. Basically, his, he had his own short round pool boy going on. <laughs> and then, that's not, somehow that's not the worst thing to happen to his head. Because his grave was desecrated and his skull was removed and has never been found. What the fuck? What? But oh, they, wow. Weird. But they did find droppings of black wax in the soil. Wow. So someone did a black mass or something while uh, exhuming him. Well, somebody called the Hardy Boys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> God. Yeah, this sounds like probably... A- Kind of case like uh, reminds me of the first season of True Detective, you know that kind of shit. <laughs> yes. Well, and then that took place in New Orleans too, or at least in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, sim- it, yeah, Louisiana area. Yeah, that shit was good. That was fucking terrifying too. Like the end of it. Yeah. Like. That. Oh man. Yeah. Great show. At least just that first season was great. Yeah, first season was really good. Yeah. So uh, when Dracula attempts to kill the priest, a ring of blue fire appears to stop him. And apparently in the novel Dracula, as Renfield is being taken to Castle Dracula, blue rings of fire appear sporadically. The carriage driver stops at each of these rings and places stones at each one. I'm not quite sure what reference that, what, Hmm. if it's for his personal safety or a tribute or something, but apparently so the blue flames are not a new thing, but they were from the novel. And 
And the four main actors in this movie have all been in Marvel movies. Nick Holt played Beast, yep. Dr. McCoy, yep. in the entire X-Men First Class series. Mm-hmm. Nick Cage, yeah, awesome. Nick Cage, Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider. Yes. Aquafina yep. was Katie in Shang-Chi. And Shore Agdashlu portrayed Kavita Rao in X-Men The Last Stand. That is true. Oh, shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was a doctor in that in Last Stand. Okay. Trying to help out one of these fellow mutants and all that. And uh, yeah. I, 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 I've had a crush on her for a long time. Like, she's just, like, not only is she gorgeous, but she, that, that, that husky that voice. voice. Yeah. And you can, you, it's so recognizable, too. Like, even when I was playing through, like, Mass, the Mass Effect games, yeah. you, she does a voice in one of the one Yeah, of she's one of the, uh, the, the Mass, like, the... Uh, uh, the, the Talia's mask. character. Yeah, Talia, the, 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 the people with the masks. Yes, the alien race. And I was like, oh, uh, yep, I know her. Yep. Yeah, definitely had a distinct voice. I was like, I feel like she's done a lot of voice acting. Mm-hmm. She was in the show The Expanse on Sci-Fi. I've heard that's a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. So now we can finally get to the goods. And we always start with me. And uh, this movie doesn't have opening credits. But what it does have is a fucking amazing intro. All I love all the tie-ins with the 31 Dracula. It's perfectly done. You can't tell what's superimposed, what's being reenacted. The fight with the hunters eloquently capturing his savagery, his demonic prowess, and even his his hold over Renfield. When, when yes. he's just looking at him like, yeah. they will lock you up for what you did to me. You're only safe with me. I yeah. care for you. And, and even Renfield just like saying with, I remember thinking he actually means it this time. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and then the fucking sunlight burning him it's just fucking amazing and then it tops up with master are you okay no (laughs) (laughs) what do you think no (laughs) i'm like burning to a crisp i look like i'm fine i look like the crib keeper yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looked like the guy in uh, Beetlejuice, the one who, like, said, you know, he it looked like he died because he lit himself on fire smoking a cigarette. He yes, looked like yeah, that guy for that. a second. He's like, You want to smoke? No. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to cut back myself. <laughs> yeah, I thought he looked kind of like that when he was, like, burned to a crisp from the sunlight. <laughs> I can't wait for part two of Beetlejuice. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, Ortega looks like a great, uh, a great pick to be Lydia's child. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, for sure, man. Just give me Michael Keaton his Beetlejuice. All right. Yeah. So, uh, Phil, what is your first good? It's about time we <laughs> you talk. Well, the first good is like like you said. Uh, I like to tie in with the original 1931 Dracula, Nicholas Cage, and just Nicholas Holt really steal the movie for me. They're great. I really enjoyed the violence and the humor. Um, well, I liked the little callbacks to do like you said with the hunters is really cool and then the little easter egg with William Ragsdale as the priest I didn't realize that until watching the movie a second time I was like do I, I recognize him where do I know him from and I'm like oh my god it's Charlie Brewster from Fright Night oh you're so cool Brewster well it's not like anybody's gonna recognize him as oh yeah he was Ellen's boyfriend before she came out of the closet in the mid 90s yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 no shit right one of the cool <laughs> things I did like was when you know he had uh, when they're in um, 
Renfield had his apartment, and then Dracula comes. And he goes, "How did you get into my apartment?" He looked. They can't do the welcome mat, and he goes, "Oh, god dang it!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that, that's actually something I wrote down. I just love that. <laughs> and of course, uh, the fight scenes are really cool. Like the apartment fight scene was one of my favorite. He rips the dude's arms off and uses the nunchucks. Right. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> well, you burn through all your goods instantly. Uh, we usually do them one on one, but. That just ah. make, that just makes it a lot easier to just bounce back and forth with John. So, no worries. <laughs> so, John, what's your uh, what's your first good? Uh, well, you know, I, I think I just got to hand it down. Just generally, um, you know, all the acting performances are great, but I'll at least just do a highlight on you know Nicholas Cage. I loved him as Dracula. Uh, he he was gunning for this role for ages and i i think he pulled it off pretty well it was a cool take of the character and i guess i I might combine this with another good rather you know i'll just kind of lump this one in it but uh they had some really great makeup on him man i dude i love the makeup on him when he was like just like when he was trying to regenerate and his fucking his flesh is still like most of it's still kind of hanging off of his face, like it hasn't fully formed yet. And yeah. he's just complaining about how Renfield's bringing him trash corpses. But God, the way <laughs> the way that shit looked, it looked so nasty, but like just comical. And um, and I, I think um, Nicolas Cage has that kind of intensity uh, to play Dracula, especially in his most like savage bloodthirsty kind of modes when he's like you know fighting people and just decimating and um and and yeah i think just the scenes too where he um really just breaks renfield when he's trying to make his feeble attempt to uh you know fight back against his narcissist you know nicholas cage Mm -hmm. just beats him right back down because He's Nick fucking Cage. And so I think Nick Cage can look really scary and then imagine him as Dracula. Yeah, dude. You know, I, yeah. I think it, it was fitting. It was a it was fun watching him work and you know, he's a good antagonist. Yeah, there's so much to talk about that relationship. Like it's just a beautiful example of narcissism. Yeah. Yes. Feels like they made this mental is just this dominating, utterly dominating Renfield, just cutting him down to pieces. Cage just fucking owned it. Like it just shows that he he really is an excellent actor. All he needs is the proper direction. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Of course. Yeah. Like he always does tell him this role. Yeah. I feel like he always fun. Yeah. I've always admired, like, just the energy he puts into everything he does, even when it is, like, a shit movie. And, you know, he knows it's shit, but, like, when he's put in a proper movie, yeah, with proper direction and a good script, I mean, yeah, it's just magic. Because, you know, you've got talent meeting other talent, and it's coming together to just, yeah, make great art, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. There's so fucking much. Um... Because, uh, again, like, even if you just say, oh, Dracula, there's so much Dracula does. Like, th- the violence, the narcissism, even when he, like, goes to the support group and he just, like, he just shows in and you know he's going to fucking murder somebody at least. 
but the way he mm-hmm. just saunters in every like the yeah. like the suspense well, with the, every step he takes, and the then he finally contrast. then yeah. he finally floats yeah. in the air to reveal his absolutely demonic abilities, and and the uh, the leader of the support group's just like I think you missed I think you missed a few crucial details. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you held and back a little. Well, I guess I might note that was another example where Phil was talking about with the welcome mat thing. It was another thing where he was like, no, don't let him in. Oh, come on in. Come on in outside. They're like, like no! oh, fuck. God damn it. He's <laughs> like, come on in. Have some cookies. You know? Like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I love the little jokes they worked in with that. <laughs> like, God damn, the welcome mat and all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, the fighting, the hyper-violence, it, 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 it just tickled me. Some people might think, like, oh, this is just too goofy. Like, you know what? If it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But to me, mm-hmm. I... It it worked because it was like a great combination of of comedy and gore. Yeah, I think it's appropriate for something with Dracula. I feel like it's gonna have to be a bit violent, anyways. But yes, um, you know, I, I, it's I felt like it had more of this Sam Raimi kind of tone to it. You know, like yeah, it's gore, mm-hmm. but I never really. It, it was all very comical. Nothing about it really felt excessive, though. <laughs> Even though. Yeah. I guess, I mean, you know, it was gratuitous by design, you know? Yeah, it's part of the necessity. Like, Renfield is just in this this catastrophic lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So you you really have to show. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, and and, yeah, that personification, yeah. So what's another one of your goods? Um, Well, and I'd say I, I... I think on the other flip side, I just maybe like I like Nick Holt a lot too. Um, and, and knowing, it seems like I guess it makes sense knowing that they have worked together on another movie because they definitely have good on-screen chemistry. Um, yeah, yeah. Renfield was, um, you know, he was. I, I feel like he played the role pretty well. He played the role in such a way that it was. Uh, yeah, you definitely felt sorry for the poor guy. You know, even though you know he's definitely someone who's like done some bad things. Um, he was convincing and just a great foil to work off of Nicolas Cage. And I guess with, really with him, too, I'd probably shout, uh, shout out, um, you know, the other parts of the um, of the cast there. You know, Aquafina I think, uh, played off pretty well with him. And I might even just say as an expansion is that I, I like that their relationship didn't necessarily just go the route of it just being like a forced love interest. I, it was actually kind of nice that it was just, it was, friends. yeah, it was friends and they still framed it in a cool, fulfilling way. It wasn't, they didn't have to force a will they, won't they. And right. just kind of showing that like somebody can be enamored with somebody, but it's not always just a straightforward, just sexual type thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I respected that. So, um, I don't know. As, as the central character, he was good. I like Nick Holt and, you know, and I also would love it. I liked Aquafina's part in it. Um, you know, I guess Ben Schwartz maybe was on the weaker side of it, but I still found him entertaining at some points. You know, he, he was the right person to pick for kind of a bumbly idiot, spoiled, yeah, wannabe tough guy kind of character. Yeah. Um, I, I but, mean, I just loved him as a uh, Dewey in Ducktales. <laughs> oh, I haven't seen that yet. <laughs> Seriously. I I think of like no. his really early stuff as Ralph Maggio and like fucking uh, Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. That's all. I, every time I see him, I just or yeah, 
Everton. He also did the voice of Sonic too from the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. Both those movies better than they should be. Yeah, way better than they should be. So, um, but man, the uh, yeah, Ducktales. I can't talk about Ducktales enough. It it is really again talk about better than it should be. It is a love letter to everyone who not only watched Ducktales but any of the Disney afternoon stuff, because there are nods to the Rescue Rangers, the Gummy Bears. Uh, Darkwing Duck, pres- predominantly Darkwing Duck, because uh, he- he's actually... That's in the same universe. Kind mm-hmm. of, but kind they of. changed it this way. In this version, Darkwing Duck is a show Launchpad watched when he was a kid. Weird. So Darkwing Duck is a is a known entity in the DuckTales universe as a TV show. Oh, huh, okay. okay. And it hmm. actually has him like watching like clips of Darkwing Duck, which are just, you know, remade. Uh, they're not like actual old clips, but uh, it shows like there's an episode of he shows someone an episode where he's like fighting crack Quacker Jack and Megavolt and Bushroot and stuff. And then uh, they do find a way to incorporate Darkwing Duck into like the quote real life world of DuckTales. Hmm. By uh, they, they handle it. I won't spoil any shit, but th- they handle it so fucking amazing to have Darkwing Duck be a TV show and then. A, an actual person in this world it gets real meta, huh? It, it's That's so wild. fucking well done because they nice. actually get the original voice actor of Darkwing Duck, Jim Cummings, to play the actor who played who played Darkwing Duck. Oh shit! <laughs> so we're and going like we're going new nightmare with it. Yeah, and then he finds <laughs> out they're making a Darkwing Duck gritty reboot. But he only finds out as the movie's already in pre-production. Like, they, nobody even bothered to contact him at all. No role, no nothing. Like, they, the studio just had no, no desire to have him in it. So he ends up stalking the studio in full, like, in full narcissistic Drake Mallard fashion. Like, st- <laughs> like stalking the movie thing, and this should be about me. Yeah. Oh, my God. And so it, it's, it's fucking handled so well. <laughs> and if you play the NES DuckTales, there's even some great nods to that as well, like regarding uh, the moon and stuff. It's absolutely fantastic. I know this is a horror podcast and we're talking DuckTales, but fuck it. It's great. <laughs> like, like one of the, Let's like, get one, dangerous. Uh, like one of the best <laughs> gifts shows uh, an alien coming to Earth and Dewey and Webby take, take them to the park and they end up feeding the ducks. And then the alien just looks at the ducks and then looks at the ducks and then looks at the ducks and then looks at the ducks and is just trying to segment like, how the fuck is this possible? (laughs) What, what evolutionary chain did this spawn this? (laughs) Sounds like a trip. All right. (laughs) With no words, with no words, just the look of her looking back and forth at the ducks walking around, feeding the ducks on the ground, waddling like fucking ducks. <laughs> She's like, just like, hmm. uh-huh. Um, duck, duck, duck. Okay. <laughs> so it, it's really fucking good. And David Tennant as Scrooge McDuck fucking kills it. So, like, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, check it out. Uh, back to this. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, Renfield's so fucking good. Uh, I, I love, like, even the little moments, like Teddy... 
when he's being chased by the cops and he's just tossing <laughs> cocaine to try to slow the yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care to shake it. Yeah, it hits one of the face in the <laughs> Yeah, it hits one of them in the face. You can't um, accuse me of having the cocaine <laughs> if you have it. <laughs> yeah. Hits fucking Chris in the face. That's who it is, yeah. Adrian Martinez's character. Yeah. Yeah, and, and fucking Dracula looking great in all of his states of of disrepair and regeneration. Yeah, yeah. Um, I fucking love Dracula's plan for global domination. How he's going to like you know kill all the most important people in the world and take all their possessions and stuff. And <laughs> at, the, at, the cor- at the core says like the royal D like in pure beautiful gothic font Dracula, and then with a post-it note and Ranfield. <laughs> so he eventually thought of him yeah (laughs) i mean you should be you should he should just consider himself lucky that he was an afterthought in dracula's mind yeah i mean who's to say that that life would have been that bad you know it would have been great like i'm going to dominate the world and because i want to make i want to make sure all my cattle are taken care of free health care for everybody until (laughs) until until the day comes that I summon you to die yeah. for my feeding. Well, a, a free healthcare for everyone, but required blood donations. Everyone, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone has is required to yeah. fucking donate blood when the blood yeah. bank, when the blood the, bus comes through. You know, <laughs> well, the free healthcare would just be him dr- giving you a. You have he gives you a drop of his blood <laughs> oh, to right, purify right. your to purify you from <laughs> yeah. disease, any any fatal conditions, any uh, afflictions, and then. When the, then, like five minutes later, once it's, once you've been cleaned, then you have to donate two bags of blood. So yeah. it's a great economy. He gives you a dime, and you give him a dollar. Yeah. Oh, you have cancer? No problem. Let me let me just heal you. All right. Now I need you about two pints of blood, please. Yep. Oh, you got AIDS. It's sustainable, right? You got AIDS. You got AIDS. Oh, oh, diabetes is is a, has afflicted your family. Drip, drip. Guess what, motherfucker? Now you can now you can go to Tim Hortons and enjoy all the donuts you want. Your sugars are fine now. In fact, you'll be needing them after you after you step into this room and take a take a little shot in the arm. Man, Redfield's gonna. Well, our what's his name? A Dracula, man. That's that's gonna suck, man. He's gonna be constantly just hooked up to a machine, just having his blood taken though to sustain this. <laughs> Jeez, well, I, know. I mean, if you've got one, if you've got one vein taking out a drop of blood and another vein drop putting in gas from all the recipients, I think it's a decent economy. Yeah, he just, I, I just feel yeah. like he'd have to be strapped down for a Listen, bit, you, know? you gotta spend a vial to make ten vials. That's, yeah. that's just the way the economy works. Yeah. You gotta spend yeah, a dollar think, to make uh, a dollar. I think everyone else will come out ahead of Dracula, because Dracula has to, you know, he like, can only shell eat, out he can only He can only eat one person a night, but this blood is curing thousands. Yeah, and to you keep know, it going, you know? I, I think a world run by Dracula, with, with the Dracula healthcare plan, would be fucking great. He doesn't. Yeah. You know what? If he's got blood bags, that means technically he doesn't have to kill anybody. If you just donate, like again, like two or three bags of blood a month, you get a drop from him. You're fucking golden, and he's golden because he's fed. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, your fit. fuck you, Renfield. He doesn't have to. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have to kill anybody. You just donate your blood, and you're you're good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We saw. We solved all. We solved. Uh, we've we've we achieved the world's world peace. problems. Yeah, we've achieved yeah, we achieved world peace, world peace here. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, just like a quick little uh, pass, I just love all the tiny little Easter eggs in this movie. Yeah, like, tons um, of it. Yeah, 
like Renfield's just going by a book and uh, a library and we see like one of the books, like the classic Dale Carnegie, how to win friends and influence people. Like that's oh, just a, yeah. that's just a fucking reference. Like that's been around since like you watch the Looney Tunes. Anytime you want to see yeah. someone trying to improve their social life, they're always reading how to win friends and influence people. Yeah. It's like a boomer age, like self-help book. <laughs> it's, pre, it's, it's pre-boomer. It's like. Yeah, actually. What were they like? Right? The silent generation? Yeah, the greatest generation. <laughs> the greatest of all time. Greatest, the greatest absolutely. Of all time. Ah, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, when he's monologuing to Teddy, Dracula's offers of power are mixed with, uh, you know, offering to impale their enemies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Um, other Easter eggs like the lyrics that are written outside the crime scene are uh, the lyrics to "A Message to You, Rudy" by the Specials. Huh. Yeah, it's like that classic song, Rudy. A message to you, Rudy. I can't. I, I can't sing. Huh. You'll just realize hmm. that. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's why I don't recognize it. Right? Yeah, they were, they were like talking about like the little yeah. jokes they were having about like the ex boyfriend who was like into ska and shit. You see, you see what? Oh yeah. You see when they sing it, it sounds like a song. When I sing it, it sounds like I have a medical condition, <laughs> which I do, it's and like it's called a lack of talent. Yeah, that's all ska music, you know. <laughs> dun, 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 Except when dun, I sing it, then it's skunk. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you're just not, you know, but we, we just have to appreciate the subtle innovations that ska has contributed to music, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, yeah. you don't understand. It's, it's that's, a, that's a reductive approach. You have to understand. Yeah, that's Ska's a very got a much bigger approach compre- to it. Oh, God, like, what's happened to me? Look what he's done to me. Oh, God. <laughs> Look what he's done to me. <laughs> That yeah. scene was great. That's another, micro. That's another little good I can splash on that I'm thinking of it. Because there's, there's a lot of little moments in it. I was trying to condense things a bit, but there's a lot of great little, yeah, little jokes in there, you know. Oh, Absolutely. Well, I mean, you got definitely got to hand it down to, like, yeah, like Renfield going all Quan Chi on people and ripping their arms off, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so fucking good. And, uh, like... The biggest, coolest thing is, uh, you know, Dracula controls wolves. And yep. who, who does he end up taking over? The Lobos. Wolves. Ah. ah. I see uh, what they did mm. there. Makes sense. That's, that's, yeah. a cool, that's cool. I like the that. The fucking genius right. of this movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Um. Oh, okay. I, 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 as my last good, I mean, there's a lot of great things to say about it, but at least I'll point this one out. Man, the way they dispose of Dracula at the end is so oh, fucking yeah. great. <laughs> like, I mean, it's just, yeah, the whole, like, just hypothetical is like, uh, well, we don't know. I mean, we've seen him come back from some pretty crazy shit, so we're just going to mash up all his flesh and put him into, like, little flesh ice cubes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's. I mean, when you think about it, I guess it's probably about the most secure way you can at least ensure he's going to be gone for uh, at least maybe a couple millennia. Who knows? <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, I love just the how creative it gets there, and that at that point, like I feel like the writers and everybody is just they're like, okay, we've been having fun, but now we're really going to let the audience have fun with this a bit, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, it's just fucking great. (laughs) Yeah. And his line, I wish to spend a season in hell where the amusing people are. 
Yeah, with him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, great final words there. He, yeah, he throws his up last the, words, you know. Throws yeah. up the fucking devil horns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and I guess that's the whole question. Does he actually really die, you know? It's like If uh, not, that's going to be really fucking inconvenient to exist through. No shit. No, I, I feel like they may have punished him even worse. I mean, I guess eventually he could come back, but God, think about how long that would take. Like you might have and to, and even what? Like, does, which which cube does he grow from? Yeah, really. I mean, I feel yeah, like exactly. maybe if it's seg- maybe that's. I mean, makes sense once it's like segmented off. It's like that's the idea. Yeah. Does he grow from mm-hmm. a cube, or do all the cubes have to just reassemble into like a into at least a a, a bare minimum mass before he can start regenerating? <laughs> Again, even the big know, right? unknown, like Redfield's the- just like I. Even I don't fucking know. Is he dead? Can he recover? I'd like to well, see yeah, him, like to see there, him so fucking dry. I, I feel like maybe the parts I mean, will come together, but how long is it going to take till there's like sentience formed again, where he has a brain and he can start to conceptualize what's going on? Again. And all the, all those bricks of concrete will have to either slide or roll around to like to coalesce towards each other. All he has to do is just scatter them around, and you know, e- even just go on eBay and just be like, "Hey, here's my Etsy store. Get a concrete brick with a chunk of meat inside it." <laughs> You're going to find a buyer somewhere. <laughs> right somewhere Look, yeah i'll even pay shipping i mean <laughs> when you regenerate like the t-1000 where he's just like liquid and he just and then he just comes back i mean well, right. if he, oh if he just That's like fun. reduces himself to like a to just go through the pores of the concrete <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that really fucking hurt renfield <laughs> i don't mean emotionally i mean physically Right. Do you know what it's like to have every cell of your body weaving between the atoms of bricks? Bricks. Oh, it's quite painful. You also put me in a fucking sewer. I had to go through shit. Literal shit, Renfield. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, the bacteria, Renfield. <laughs> you know, when you're when you're as small as blood cells, the shit set, the shit molecules really are fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. No shit. Uh, no shit. Ha ha ha. See what you did there. See what you did there. So yeah. Any more goods? Because you know I could go on, but I think I'll just stop. All right. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. I'm good. So yeah. yeah. So now we get to the bads, and I've really only got one bad that uh, came to me. It's just that it seems like some of the humor seems like it could be like a bit out of place, or you know, uh-huh. it, it seems like some of the jokes here are made more for you know the viewers than the people interacting with them like yeah. uh the cop like constantly telling her co-workers to fuck off like even my dad like he, he I, I made him watch the movie and he's just like no cop would talk to it like no cop would stay on the force talking like that sure and yeah. not that my dad is a cop but like he spent like a week job shadowing some cops and he just thought that they were a little too a, a little too uh, cr- uh well he saw them well, like I- enjoying beating people up and he's like, mm, yeah, that's really not my thing. Yeah. Hmm. Well, they did seem a little cart. Uh, they did seem a little cartoonish, and well, yeah. especially for characters that are supposed to be like corrupt cops or taking bribes, they seemed a little too, like the way they acted was seemed a little too sympathetic for what it was to just to have them all of a sudden be asshole cops, and it, it felt a little more out of place. And yeah, the way, um, you know, Rebecca is just tearing into them it, it wasn't believable uh, absolutely yeah yeah um even for a movie as outrageous as this one you know yeah you could still make jokes behind his back or you know ju- 
like when it's just you and him talking, that's fine. But in a police station, like there is like a smaller degree of decorum. Yeah, like, exactly. Not even Brooklyn Nine-Nine would have like uh, Adam, Andy Sandberg just like telling Peralta to, or Peralta telling, uh, fuck, who is the chief? Or Scully. Oh. Like if Peralta was telling Scully to fuck off, I'm pretty sure that would get him at least like a little disciplinary leave. Yeah. Yes. No kidding. So, uh, that's really all the bads I got. Uh, what are your, some of your bads, John? Uh, well, I think, uh, I don't have a ton of them, but they're, I, I was kind of hoping for a little more of Dracula and Renfield in their classic setting. I was, I don't know. I was wanting to see a little bit more of them back in like the dark ages or back in <laughs> the like honeymoon. 1700s. Yeah. yeah, I was hoping to see maybe a little bit more of that, or maybe some flashback scenes. Lord forbid of that, just because it's in the classic setting. So, um, I, you know, because it's been like the whole time is in the modern day, and you know, most of it's good. But I was, I was kind of hoping for a little more of that build up there. Like, I want to see them a little more in that honeymoon stage. They kind of skip over it a bit. They have one long intro, but they don't really call back to that at any point. And it was so good. You want to see more of it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not really even like it's kind of a good bad, you know, because it's like I really was enjoying that, so I wanted more, um, you know, just to build upon that more because it that that's the classic relationship, and then it makes that perfect follow up to, um, <laughs> yeah, to this story about a narcissistic codependent relationship. You could even reference it later on, like remember the Opera House Renfield. Yeah. Remember when I did this? Yeah. For you? Have you ever seen that before? Did you ever live right. deliciously before you met me? And then you could have like you know show Renfield in the opera house, like right. him being shown yeah. the good life. It, it's just only it's done in a few I seconds. Would, it would yeah. nice to have a minute or two. Been, it would have been cool to see like another scene kind of similar to the one where like okay like the vampire hunter is like it kicks open the window like maybe something that's a callback to one of the Hammer films with like. Christopher Lee, where he's set on fire and he gets pushed off the roof of the building. Maybe some other mm-hmm. mock scene of that. You know, remember that other time when what's his name almost got me? And you know, I, yeah. I, I wanted to see a little bit more of that. So you know, it was a slight disappointment, but you know, again, it's not like a huge deal. So, oh, that would be fucking great if you like. We just see like the various Draculas that he was. Like the, yeah. like the like the Gary and Oldman Dracula, his, the Christopher Lee Dracula, right. and, they, and we yeah. actually yeah. his good face as he gets killed in each of those movies. And every yeah, <laughs> he's in each of those movies getting killed, and then Renfield comes along with like a flask full of Dracula blood to like revo- to revive to spill on the ashes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's like, you've always and been there for me, master. I need you. Right. <laughs> I'm coming, master. Yeah. And it's like a way they could. Almost pay tribute to every generation of Dracula, you know. <laughs> yeah, do the different Dracula deaths and have like one from Christopher Lee, Lugosi. Uh, yeah, Gary Oldman. Um, yeah, <laughs> that that would have been really funny. <laughs> you could even do like a nod to Nosferatu and just be like, "Oh wait, that wasn't me. That was some other guy." <laughs> yeah, that's like, yeah, oh no, no, it wasn't me. That that was my that would, you'd be like that was my grandfather or something. <laughs> that was my distant cousin. Yeah, we like don't that. talk about him. Yeah, yeah, we don't like talking about him. He had it's a thing with pizza. rats. It's, it's pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's pizza. Oh, uh, just keep making that what we do in the shadows reference there. <laughs> I that's such a great movie. I think one more bat I forgot to put in was uh, like some of the violence, like 
it does get a little over the top. It's nice when it's shocking and jarring, but then it gets to be a little too much at times, especially uh, at the end, which, you know, which is funny because it's going to show up later as a, as a positive, but you know, uh, during the raid. Yeah. Yeah. Like the way all the bodies are just happened to be piled up in one spot. They were killed in so many different places. I don't recall him like grabbing, grabbing each corpse to be like, well, we can't leave these people on the, on these uh, stairs and railings. Let's just throw them in in the center of the court in the courtyard. No, he (laughs) he kills them where they stand and somehow they all end up in a pile. Uh, Yeah. A lot of what looked like a lot of food waste too for him, you know, it looked like there should have been a lot more of that, like, you know, drained. Um, there's like a lot of flesh there. It looked like there'd probably still be some blood. Oh no, that was Renfield alone. Uh, like when he was with the cop fighting the uh, at the in the apartment complex. Oh, okay, okay. So like all those corpses just end up piling in the inner courtyard. Yeah, yeah. Even gotcha. though they died on like the stairs and the uh, what would they be like the floors, the one like the little uh, levels. Mm. Anyways, like they mm. die on on yeah, those, yeah. and yet they Balcony, all end up piled, yeah. like. You know, how'd the bodies get there? Like, I know this is wild and ridiculous and hyper-violent, but there's a limit to how much disbelief I can suspend to enjoy this. Sure. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And, and like, the way the cop is just, like, walking away from this, like, yeah, that, that, was, that was excessively violent. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. <laughs> like, like decent phrasing, but also, like, if, if you had witnessed that, I think your reaction would be a bit more like, okay, I, I trust you, and, you know, we, we had to do that, but... I, I will definitely be needing some therapy for this. Yeah. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. Not, I am I'm scarred not... now. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I survived something I should have, and I will carry this this yeah, terrible. Like, I'm gonna need a me. like I'm gonna need a break contact for like six months at least. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so uh, Phil, what are some of your bads? Well, I think the only thing really bad is like reiterating what John said. Just more of the the more Renfield and Dracula. I wanted more Dracula. I just feel like he didn't get a lot of screen time because his performance is great. I was just like, I was just wanting more of that. And then like, like I was saying more of the Renfield and Dracula on their honeymoons on their honeymoon phase. And then maybe some of the violence looked kind of CGI ish, like the blood. So I was like, Oh, it yeah. could have been done a little better. It done, like, well, yeah. Give us more props rather than CGI blood splash. Yeah. Effect number 47. Yeah, from, yes. from after exactly. Effects. Well, yeah, like the uh, the balcony scene that you mentioned there. That was one that I was watching it, and it stuck mm-hmm. out a little bit to me that while there were some funny parts in it, it's like the CGI blood stuck out a lot to me because when he like rips off the arms of one guy, he starts doing the nunchucks. You know, obviously yeah. the blood should be all over the walls there, but you you don't yeah, see everywhere. it splash anywhere. So that was one where it really stuck out. Like, okay, this is mm-hmm. CGI. Uh, you know, a couple of parts like that. I mean, other than that, that's really my really negative of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, while I, I do generally enjoy him, I think uh, Ben Swartz is, you know, Tedward Lobo, you, you know, he, he was kind of, yeah, he's kind of weak. Yeah. He served the role of the it's movie. It's like they just it, thought we need someone who's, cr- we need a crass idiot. Yeah. And like, I think I'm not, call, I'm not very calling funny. Schwartz like, a crass idiot because no, I, I love Schwartz what he's doing. Yeah. funny, but... You know, he yeah. was kind of, you know, he, he was a bit subdued in this one. He was just more kind of an annoying. He was under, he was underwritten as a character. Yeah. 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 He just kind of felt, um, 
Everyone else was a fully formed yeah, biscuit, got, and he was like raw cookie dough. Yeah, his mom was really more yes. of the highlight there of that. Um, she fucking killed it because, like, when yeah. she's yeah. talking, oh, yeah. she's like torturing it, or she's overseeing a torture while talking with Lo- well Teddy, just to just to give you the impression, like, she's a fucking cold bitch. Yeah, and she's yeah. great. She sells it. She's the definitely the big mama matriarch, you know, this family. Uh, and but you know, I, I and guess even I when Dracula, t- even when Dracula shows up, he like he looks down on everyone, thinking like, "Oh, they're thugs and idiots." Dude, and, and I was so looking forward when to that. He and they sees did it her, perfectly. Oh, she introduces like, herself, and even he shows smitten. her. He even he yeah. shows her respect. He's right. like, "Oh, you have built a lovely empire for yourself." Like yes. power respects power. Oh yes, dude. Honestly, I, I almost was kind of hoping the plan would, you know develop a bit more because I actually wanted to see them kind of like hook up, you know, like that's, that's what I, for sure. I was like, dude, he, he's going to want to bang his mom. He's like, you should meet my mom. I'm like, oh, he's going to be so smitten with her. You know, he's like, I want to bite you and make you my vampire queen. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. (laughs) I I wanted to see her as a bride of Dracula, like her with like a flowing robe, just like, just like cleavage. And even Teddy's just like, Jesus, mom, at your age. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dude. Right. Yeah. Maybe we could say that was a little missed opportunity there <laughs> yes um but i will say to this credit i i get that maybe he was never a character you were supposed to like you know but yeah uh, mm. yeah he was kind of more of the weaker part of it but yeah, yeah nothing but against at ben least Schwartz. you should be able he to respect funny. a character even if you don't like him and yeah yeah he, he was just like too much of a least, goofy arrogant twit yeah at least he yeah. got offed you know so Listen. In a really funny way, by oh, the way. Yeah, I, okay. I, I do <laughs> want to point out. Mean. Yeah, that is another little small good. I maybe just sprinkle on there. Uh, yeah, you know, with some hindsight. But I loved the whole Mortal Kombat sort of X-ray <laughs> fucking yeah. kill in that. Some people would probably hate it. I thought that, it was fucking funny. That, shit totally a Mortal like, Kombat <laughs> callback there. With the X-ray. That, that yeah. ended up. That, that, was, that was my what the fuck. Why, why, does, <laughs> yeah. why does Teddy Lobo get the fucking Mortal Kombat kill when no one else does? Yeah, no shit. I don't know. And it was so random. I was not expecting that was the way he was going to go out. (laughs) No, I didn't either. Right. Well, I don't know if you had any more bats, but maybe that was transitioning into what the fuck's right there. Uh, Do you have any more bats, Phil? Uh, No, I think that's it for me. I I think I'm about done. I've I've stretched a bit on that, but yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty enjoyable movie, so. So I got one more what the fuck. Uh, Do you have any what the fuck's, Phil? Uh, mainly the what the fuck is uh, the face rip the the face ripped off and then using the, the arms of the nunchucks and then throwing the and then Aquafina using the arms as well as a weapon <laughs> fighting the big dude. Yeah, <laughs> that part was. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, I may say just the. Um, I, I don't know. I think like all of the. Well, I guess now it makes sense because their last names are the Lobos, right? But yeah. I love how, like, all the thugs are, like, basically, like, Batman henchmen. How they come in with their fucking dog masks when they swarm the fucking bar and stuff <laughs> yeah. to go after Rebecca. They look um, like scarecrow henchmen. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was very, like, yeah, it's just very over the top and uh, just kind of what the fuck, you know. It's like, yeah, this universe is just all sorts of goofy. I mean, we've got Dracula and then Batman henchmen. Um, you know, it... It, it definitely set a tone with it. <laughs> I will say I did like the outside of the bar, like how it looked, and then the inside of it looked really cool. I was like, this is a bar I would go hang out at. I want to go have a drink here. Yeah, right. 
I would I could do it without all the mobsters trying to shoot everybody and every that. But other than that, yeah, I would I would visit this place. That's yeah, a good place to grab a drink after work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my last what the fuck is why the hate for Scar? Okay, because Say Ferris and Real Big Fish were some of the first albums I pirated. Pre-Napster, bitches. <laughs> yeah, oh, there should be no hate to Ska. Ska is considered music. Yeah. yeah. Is this secret? Was this actually your ex-girlfriend that was in this movie? And she was talking about like how she separated from you and everything. <laughs> you were the Ska guy. The Ska ex-boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> it was really you the whole time, you know? <laughs> I was like, hey, hold on, let me share my side of the story, okay? You didn't hear She's calling me a narcissist over here, but she was trying to manipulate me to stop liking Ska, okay? I'm the victim here. Uh, So, I guess now we can take it to the kill of the week. Uh, The raid. It was just a great slaughter. And you know, with all the stuff that that they were facing, that it was a confrontation of that scale was inevitable, that they would meet an overwhelming police and crime family force. Like, it's not like it was manufactured, given the odds they were up against. Like, it it makes sense that the full weight of the the crime family and the police under their corruption would make an overwhelming attack on these people. So the, the, the amount of violence would be needed because it's the only way to survive something like that because you can't escape people have got the whole fucking place surrounded so i th- i still think they could have tamed it a bit more had some more real bloodshed in it but yeah uh, the rage just had a lot of things that made me fucking laugh like the nunchuck arms the guy ripping <laughs> the guy ripping the face and the mask off of a guy, <laughs> off of a dude right and just yeah. just the face underneath like ah and then at the end when he just he just jumps off the railing stomps another guy like a fucking goomba (laughs) and just smiles and waves and then he comes up with his hand down like my lady (laughs) to bring her down a mountain of corpses (laughs) it was cinematically um unique to say the yeah. least, for right. you can say you for can sure say you loved it or hated it, but it was unique in its in its uh, hyper violence. <laughs> I'm just thinking about it right now. Right, so funny. So, Phil, what's yeah, your this, kill? I think the the one where he kills the guy at the very end, and he's just waving hi. <laughs> yeah, that's my kill right there. And then at the end, yeah, I'm a lady. <laughs> I'm um, still thinking about it. <laughs> Let's see. All right, John, take us home. All right. Well, mine is it's honestly like a small one. Okay, this is the one part I actually kind of like with Ben Schwartz's character. All right. Uh it, it's a very small, kind of seemingly minor death, but it had a funny one-liner. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but whenever Captain Browning gets killed. Where he like okay he's walking away and then he then he you know uh, oh yeah yeah you know, and, and yeah oh you're uh, here he's <laughs> walking yeah he's walking up here with Dracula and they just kill him and then they throw his head back in there and they're like oh look he's already coming back he changed his mind or some shit like that yeah something like that <laughs> I don't know it was a funny little one liner I guess I, he's back I, in yeah I say like, oh yeah, yeah that's I what guess, it was. I guess he's back, back in yeah oh look I guess he's back in <laughs> I don't know I I just thought that was really funny I laughed my ass off at that like. 
Um, that that's my personal favorite kill. And then yeah, maybe a shout out to the Dracula quasi kill as well. You know, being mashed up into little flesh cubes. <laughs> it's a, I want to say it's a kill, but Renfield's just saying, yeah. like, I don't Does even it, know if it's a kill. Yeah, it's like we don't really even know. So I'll at least uh, we'll hold that one off, and I'm gonna go with that fucking. Oh, I guess he's back I'm, in. <laughs> I, I do like the, to go reiterate back to my kill of the week where Rebecca was like, you know, when you see something crazy happens and someone's like, it's okay, I've seen way worse. Everything I saw you do today is going to be my yeah. way worse. Well, yeah, that's going to be worse. my way worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, for, for real. I was like, man, think about like all the, the therapy, the trauma, like all the PTSD is probably <laughs> built up in the back from all this carnage you know <laughs> yeah you said it fucking perfectly i mean i need to break contact with you when this is all done yeah at, think, at, least, at least for a couple of months i need to process this <laughs> yeah right i think i think you're a toxic influence in my life and uh i, th- I, I know they I were think- corrupted assholes trying to kill us but you just murdered people i eat i drink coffee with you, yeah. you you slaughtered the entirety of my workforce. I'm probably out right. of a job. Yeah, this is maybe a little extreme, okay? A little bit much, right? I mean, I'm glad like- I'm glad we survived, but I don't think I'll I don't think there's anyone left to give me a reference for my next job. Yeah. <laughs> God, right? I do I like it. Oh. That, but- On the plus side, possible I- free promotion. That, that's how the police force works, right? Lines of succession. If you, if if your entire department, if your entire precinct gets slaughtered, and you're somehow the sole survivor, and you don't get arrested and put on trial for their murder, you just get to be the new captain, right? Yeah, right. I think that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I do like at the end when they, um, yeah, the the support group and all that, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, we've seen we've seen things. Things that I, I, I seen things, okay? Yeah. Oh, I just right. he, that's why the, the fucking Isaac from Ghosts. He's so fucking great in that scene yes, where he's just like he really is. You know, thank, thanks you, thank you for resurrecting us and having to live with the knowledge of what lies beyond the mortal realm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes, things the that they've realm. seen <laughs> that can't be unseen and seen, but, the yeah, knowing okay. of things that can never be forgotten. Yeah, man, huh? Yeah. Oh God! Actually, that's a funny callback to that scene where he was like, "What if he were to stop focusing on his needs? Well, what what would happen?" He's like, "He won't go to full power." He's like, "Well, yeah, exactly. He won't go to full power." He's full like, power. "What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that?" But yes, he won't <laughs> go to full power. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Why would you phrase it like scene. that? <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Wait, wait, that's so weird." But uh, yes, yes, okay. What's wrong with it? <laughs> he won't go to full power. You got to take some of his power. For yourself. <laughs> it does work uh, out great at the end, like where he's just like, Yes, I, I do have the power, and he just fucking realizes, oh yeah. I mean, I'm I'm as strong as this guy somehow. I I, I, I still think Dracula should be physically stronger, but uh, yes. I mean when he just fucking rips the fangs out of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so fucking goofy. Oh, and he's just like, uh, Oh, you think you're so fucking smart? I'll just grow these back in in, in a couple of minutes. <laughs> Yeah, back. <laughs> oh, uh, and like the big picture of Dracula blood. Yeah, it has just the sticker on it, like it says Dracula blood on it. <laughs> Don't touch it unless you really need it. Right. Uh, so funny. now we can give the rating, and I'm going to give this four pictures of Dracula blood out of five. 
I absolutely fucking love this movie. It does have some faults and a few shortcomings, which mm-hmm. is it, it won't get a five out of five, but uh, it's it's definitely a great time. An an eighty percent movie. The fact that they only got fifty percent, like something's really fucking wrong with people, because mm-hmm. the. I mean, the box office, yes, you're going up against the Mario movie, John Wick 4. You're yes. not, you, I mean, the big pieces of the pie are already taken, but this, it, it was done dirty. It, it, it definitely, definitely deserved better. Yeah, and I uh, feel like we're, we're giving yeah, it the I love felt it like deserves. If, yeah, I felt like if you would have put it out in like October or something, that would have been a perfect time because it feels very much like a Halloween kind of movie. I think it would have done better if they would have relate, waited to October. Yes. Yeah, well, that more of appeal, especially mm-hmm. since they don't have any Halloween movies to to compete with anymore. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Phil, what's your rating? Uh, the same. I'll do a four out of five. Like I said, it's got some flaws, but it, overall, I very enjoyed the movie. My second time watching it, I enjoyed it a little bit more than my first get walk go. Mm-hmm. So again, four four. Uh, what would you call it? Four. Uh, out of five uh, bu- buckets of Dra- uh, Dracula blood. Well, that was my reading. Yeah. We usually uh, yeah. okay. Yeah, you can make your own. You can ascribe your own uh, description to it, like you know, just something from the movie. Like I would say, four out of five of Renfield's bugs. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> word word. All right, John, what's your rating? Uh, I, I think I'm kind of going with the consensus here. I felt like this was a good four. Uh, Broken, ripped vampire fangs out of five. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with four Mortal Kombat finishers out of five. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was another one. God, I, I guess I was just going off something that was fresh on my mind. But uh, yeah, this is a solid movie, man. I think if you're, if you're a big fan of like Dracula, this is a great, fun sort of uh, hypothetical type of story. I, I love ones like this that they, they uh, focus in on a sort of like a lesser character that's underexplored. But I think really has aroused a lot of curiosity like a character like Renfield some ways is almost there's a lot of potential to be more compelling as a character than Dracula himself because you think Mm -hmm. of like somebody who toes the line between the vampire world and the human world and I think he's he's like one of those fascinating characters to focus in on so and with all that said you know the it's got some great funny bits um and Nicolas Cage definitely kills it there as Dracula uh, and yeah, a lot of great Easter eggs. Does fall flat in some some parts. Some of the jokes I agree seem out of place. Um, and you know, I would have liked to see a little more of the classic Dracula and Renfield relationship. Uh, but all in all, this this is a it's a good one. It's a solid it's a it's a solid horror comedy. Very very much so. I like. This this definitely deserves a higher rating. And if you yeah. subscribe to this podcast and get a bunch of your friends to, we can become a accredited reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes. We just need some uh, more downloads and ratings, particularly iTunes ratings. If you can get us like 200 iTunes ratings or I don't know, Spotify does ratings and reviews, but iTunes does. And that's a, a big metric used to qualify as a uh, as an uh, as a higher as like an actual critic on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and if you do that with the Graveyard Shift, we will personally start giving some of these poorly received movies the rating they deserve. At least we'll be able to do our part by giving it a thumbs up or a fresh rating. So help correct this injustice by making me popular and powerful. 
<laughs> so you can go to full power. Yeah. Full power. <laughs> help, help me achieve full power. Yeah, help you achieve full power. And, and you will have a post-it note on my agenda of world domination. <laughs> but but only for like the only for like the high level donations like ten dollars a month and above. <laughs> if, if you can't sport, if you can't sport me a saw buck, you don't even you don't get a post-it note. <laughs> I, I I just love the fucking scene where he's just like, is it so wrong? Is it so hard to just get good meals? Look, I'm not a I'm not a complicated man. I just want a bus full of cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. He's just like, they all come at the same time. He's like, oh, god dang it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the nuns walk in, and then the cheerleaders, yeah! It's like, oh, my god. Uh, so, oh, yeah, we, we could gush about this movie, and there's plenty of gushing in this movie. <laughs> yes. But, uh, yeah, go check it out. If you haven't, if you're on the fence, get off that fucking fence, okay? One, you're going to get splinters in your ass crack. Two, just make a fucking decision. Just see this movie. It's, it's fantastic. Yes. Yeah. So, Phil, where can people see you? Um, where you can see me? Well, usually around. Um, hmm. Good question. If you don't want people uh, to find you, you can just say don't. Yeah, don't, don't find, find me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually just at work all the time. I'm watching horror movies, playing video games, and usually talking with my brother here, John. So, that's <laughs> yeah. where you can find me. Yeah, right. Usually I, on Discord too. Yeah, he he. I'm I'm the Dracula. He's my Rinfield, apparently. <laughs> apparently, yeah. Or no, well, now actually, he's the Dracula. I I'm the Rinfield. I'm the one who's more out during the day. And yeah, yeah he is the true power of movie trivia. And I'm his keeper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. After just like an hour, we're talking with Phil. I was just like, did I get the wrong brother? <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, I, it's like it's been it, it's been too long since I've had you guys meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've heard so much about the podcast. I've listened to it a few times, and and John's like, yeah, we got to get you on the podcast. All right, well, let me find the time, and just had to be at the right place, right time. Yeah. So, well, you you definitely yeah. fit in, and uh, you know, we'll definitely have you back, especially as uh, well. You're a big friend of Halloween, so you will you will definitely have a place here during our uh, our Halloween coverage. Yeah. Awesome. Definitely. I am definitely <laughs> looking forward to that. Uh, so uh, that's it for now. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us. Check out Renfield if you haven't. And if you have, then you'll probably watch it again because it was fucking great. But until next time, I'm Mike. And I'm John. And I'm Phil. And thank you for joining us for The Graveyard Shift. The Graveyard Shift is a Strange Biscuits production. Visit our website at strangebiscuits.com slash graveyard shift to hear all of our previous episodes. Subscribe to us, rate, and review us on CastBox, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify. And don't forget to check out our Instagram at The Graveyard Shift Pod, as well as our Facebook at The Graveyard Shift Pod. Our Twitter is GS underscore Horror Pod. And if you wish to support the show financially, visit us at patreon.com slash graveyard. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the show and get bonus content. The theme for The Graveyard Shift is As Brutal As It Ever Was by Technoaxe. Visit their website at technoaxe.com and their YouTube channel for more royalty-free music. Thank you for listening, and as always, stay spooky. Ha 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 